I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here are very simple. We can discuss as many of your movie ideas as we like, but only one will be picked at the end of the episode if we remember to be taken through to the next stage where the entrant will join John and I on Dream Factory's annual spring away day. I'm Joel, a man who puts the rave into cow rave van. And across from me is John Harris, a man who, due to his relatively well-to-do upbringing, is ecstatic to be joining me in a mobile home for the first time in his life on said spring away day. Hello, John. My grandparents had a caravan. No, which which is the one where like you drive the whole thing. It's not being towed. That's a camper van, isn't it? They had the they had that. My grandparents had a camper van. Very exciting. Where did they go with it? France. They were they're French. Yeah. So they just they didn't go to they France. Are. They just drove around. Drove around France. That sounds lovely. What's the French for camper van? No idea. I don't even know what the English is, uh, as evidenced earlier. So That's very true. What did they call it? La voiture grande. <laughs> the big car. <laughs> the big car. That's lovely. That's probably why I called it, to be fair, when I was eight. Yeah. Every car's a big car when you're eight, though. Um, people send us movie ideas, and I said online that I would give them all a compliment if they send us a movie idea. So just to warn you, Joel, I have compliments written for every single submission this week. I might keep going forever as well. If it feels, if it makes oh, us all feel all warm inside, so sweet. maybe I'll keep going. Do I, do I get a compliment for my idea at the end? Uh, Joel Grove makes sure that there are extra loo rolls by the toilet so you're never caught short. I do do that. There you go. There is, in my house, there will never be a situation. There is no no event so big <laughs> in the toilet there isn't enough loo roll. <laughs> There's a 24 pack right next to it. I, I really wanted, yeah, I wanted to say something. I just wanted, to, I don't know why I was so scared of saying, <laughs> you know, no poo so big that we can't deal with it here. But I got, I got all shy about you, it. But there, it felt like you had to legally caveat There's no amount of shit you could put in the toilet <laughs> that the loo roll around the toilet won't be able to handle. And that is a promise. And do you know what? Any listener can come over and test that. <laughs> there you go. That's a contract. There you go. So welcome. You give them a compliment. I give them an empty toilet and a dream. John, should we do some movie ideas? Here's yes, one from please. Tony. Beverly Hills Cod. Eddie Murphy plays a fish out of water in this buddy cop comedy. Fun fact about Tony is he's mastered the lentil bolognese to the point where you forget it's meat-free. Oh, Tony. Will you come over and cook for me? Um, 
Beverly Hills Cod, very good. Eddie Murphy. This might be a stupid question, but has Eddie Murphy done much apart from Donkey? <laughs> what animal-based comedy? Uh, has he has he voiced many animals? That's probably enough, right? I would it's say the famous. Once, it's the famous done donkey, donkey in film. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, and he's in Mulan. He's done loads. Oh, of course he's in Mulan. Oh, yeah. Is a dragon uh, an animal? It's fictional. Does it Is count? Is a dragon an animal? Aminal? Aminal. For sake. Listen, just to let you in a little bit. This John and I normally have quite a nice sort of pre-show warm-up. Today, John is all business. We were pressing record maybe <laughs> 10 seconds after he joined the Zoom. He didn't even look up at me. If my words get a little bit muddled or I don't seem, you know, fully warmed up, that's because John has gone straight in today off the bat. It was crazy. I turned, He joined Zoom and he was already presenting. It was absolutely outrageous. <laughs> Joel asked me how my day's going. I said, terribly, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True story. Ah, all right. Eddie Murphy's a fish. He's probably voicing lots of fish. Well, it's a bit like that. His ta- I feel like we bring this up. Have they ever done to- that in animation? <laughs> what? Well, they, they just get one person to do all the voices. Ooh, that's like, a Eddie, great Eddie idea. Murphy's done. Eddie Murphy's done live action movies where he's playing all the characters. Why doesn't he do all the characters in animation? That'd be so much fun. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's Hollywood and like him doing all the the red carpet with his imaginary co-stars and stuff would be great fun. It would be amazing. Eddie Murphy plays every fish in the sea, including you know the fish police. The thing is, is sort of is vaguely in in the realms of that Will Smith film that I seem to bring up too often, where he turns into a pigeon because he's a spy who's a pigeon, right? He's a spy who's a pigeon. It's a fish who's a police officer. There is a lamb working on the fire brigade. <laughs> now that was just—is it just the film Zootopia? Yeah, I think. Do, do do animals do specific jobs in Zootopia? Oh, isn't that the sort of the point? Like she she's a rabbit. She shouldn't be in the police force. Oh, is that what it is? I think so. I think that's the like sort of metaphor, the message you're taking away from it. Here's, yeah, that's here's good. A- so the, the, no, why would a fish ever join the police force? It makes no sense. 99% of crime happens on land. That's just a stat I got up from the home office. And why would a fish ever do it? But Eddie Murphy, you know, breaks all the records at the academy and is the real underdog, underfish in this movie and eventually becomes rises through the ranks to become their most valued police officer despite having to solve all crime from water. So they, they might have to put him, when they take him to a crime scene, they have to put him in a little bag like you went at the fair. What do fish traditionally do in this universe? What, what's their normal job? <laughs> That's such a good question. I, plumbing? <laughs> Very good. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know the idea of like animals doing, like when you anthropomorphize animals and then you sort of, you are it raises more questions than it needs to and i'm 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 lucky enough to be consuming quite a lot of pepper pig at the minute and nice pepper pig both her parents are pigs her best friend is a sheep and both her parents are sheep and her siblings are all sheep but they're mm. in a school together where every student is a different animal mm-hmm. so how do they meet because uh, uh, how do they meet other animals to sort of continue their family is there like are they betrothed to... Yeah, but, but they're not... With another, only, with another school? Oh, maybe that's what it is. And you're forced to be with the one other sheep in the county. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's horrible. That's nice. It's easy. You know, <laughs> it takes a lot of the admin out of it. <laughs> uh, would you like a movie idea from me, Joel? I would. What about this one from Oscar, who, fun fact, attends activities that he wouldn't traditionally appreciate simply to see the joy on your face? Oh, that's a good friend. Um... 
He's uh, he's got some sequels or prequels to Blade Runner because we had a discussion about the fact that that was quite a good, quite fertile ground mm-hmm. for dream yep. factories. So we've got Spade Runner, we've got Blade Runner, and we've got Edge Sprinter. Now, in the world of Blade Runner, Blade Runners are the police that kill the replicants, right? They're Blade mm-hmm. Runners. So it's like an Edge Sprinter, just like a really sort of like a knockoff police force. Is that in that universe? They're like the shit police. Yeah, they're dealing with much lower grade crime. Like really obvious robots. Like <laughs> like, like um robot hoovers. <laughs> they're tracking down all the robot hoovers in the universe <laughs> and taking them out one by one. And they're because they're like lowest of the low, they're actually bad at it. They're, they actually uh, really struggle to track down and uh A identify and B destroy robot hoovers. There's actually a serious robot hoover problem in um near future LA. Because these guys are fucking useless. Until a fished voice voiced by Eddie Murphy shows up <laughs> with a real knack. You know how the um the officers have to say say like cliche lines like, We need to clean up these streets. That would be like, we need to dirty up these streets. We need to dirty these streets. These streets are too clean. <laughs> uh there you go. That's good. Spade runner. Some sort of are there gardens in Blade Runner? You don't really see a garden, mm, do you? It's, it's sort of, it feels like dystopian future where there's not a lot of grass. But what point do the gardens go? In there's the never dy- gardens in dystopian future. When do, because, they, when do they get all the gardens? Because in 2049, uh, Ryan Gosling travels quite far, but it's all like desert and stuff, isn't it? It's all desert, yeah. You the last do garden. with a spade runner there with all that sand. You def- desperately need a spade runner and a sandcastle guy. Um <laughs> Yeah, the la- that's a good idea for an ap- a post-apocalyptic movie. There's one garden left on Earth. <laughs> and Alan Titchmarsh is defending it. Plaid razors. Is that, that's the, that's like Czech shirts, right? Plaid, plaid, plaid. What's this then? P-L-A-I-D. Yeah, so it's plaid runner. It plaid or plaid, <laughs> or it could be plaid, like Plaid Cymru, the Welsh Independence Party. <laughs> also good, looking for Welsh robots. Welsh robot is their national dish, isn't it? Isn't it just cheese on toast, though? Or is that Welsh robot? Very good. How about this one from Theo? I can't think of any way to tie this into a film, so I'm just going to leave it at this. Jason Sudeikos. Well, there's a new Tetris movie out. True. So maybe this will open a world of the story of how games came to be, and we'll see the Sudoku. Is a Sudoku one of those things that has been popular since, you know, a a dynasty 3,000 years ago, but recently became big in the West? Or is it... What's the Wikipedia for Sudoku? Oh, I see. Because obviously I remember I remember when it became a big thing, like, gosh, probably like 20 years ago now. I remember it sort of popping off. But yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure if it's some sort of ancient... No, I tell you what, it, it's not. Wow. We're looking at like, it kind of spread outside Japan in 1997. Okay. was invented in like the 70s. Ah, there we go. Well, I do you know what? I thought Sudoku was like an ancient game, but I guess not. If it's a numbers-based puzzle, it doesn't really track, does it? It would be like there you go. Um, Jason. Su- so Jason Sudoku, he is the man who is responsible for popularizing Sudoku in the West, and it's the story of him doing it. I mean, we've all watched Ted Lasso. He's a charismatic man. You'd play any game. It'd be funny if, in a similar vein to Ted Lasso, he doesn't really understand Sudoku and how they work. I like the idea that it's the actor, Jason Sudeikis, and it's like, um, you, you know, there's like things where people go, oh, do you know 50 Cent actually made most of his nice. money out of vitamin actually, water? It's actually named after him. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, the you know, Idris Elba, like 
produced a track on the blueprint for Jay-Z and you, yeah, you just say, you know, Jason Sudeikis, what the, the, the comedy actor from SNL. Yeah. He actually popularized Sudoku. <laughs> he brought it over from the, from Japan. Into it. Well done. Did you give Theo a little compliment? No, sorry. Theo bakes a banging banana bread and he was doing it before lockdown. Did you write these maybe when you were hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Have I no? Oscar just did activities you wouldn't he wouldn't traditionally appreciate just to see that's a smile true, on your face. We, we have had a lentil bolognese and banana bread. Are there any other <laughs> food-based ones in there? Uh, let me just check. No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Let's have another film idea. Uh, what about this one from Nathan, who will beat you at Mario Kart, but won't gloat. Mm. Very bad that's thing. Good. Very bad thing. Thing from the Adams Family accidentally um, murders a sex worker and must hide the body. Instead, he takes over the body a la Weekend at Bernie's. I don't know very bad thing, like what, what we're panning off here. No, neither do I. It's a Unless... 1998 crime comedy with Christian Slater, Cameron Diaz, John Favreau, Jeremy Piven. So you've got some people in there. Rating 6.3. Fun cast. Yeah. The trip turns into a disaster when Kyle Fisher, not Kyle Fish, Joel, don't you get any ideas? But <laughs> uh, So it's the Las Vegas trip that's gone wrong. It turns into a disaster when the woman they invite is accidentally killed. So, um, yeah, Weekend Bernie stars. I like the. Th- I think we should add the thing into more films. I, I, there's something in that. This, this, you know, the thing is the hand, right? Yeah, I think the thing's the hand. Take him. Yeah, but what, it's not a thing, is it? It's a fucking hand. I've never understood that. <laughs> it's like the most obvious, like the easiest thing to name ever. You, a, you think a it's thing just is called the like, hand? A thing. A thing is when you can't really identify something, or it's kind of nondescript, or. The thing is, the hand. It's like so specifically one thing. It's stupid. Why is it a thing? It's not, it's not the thing. There's two the things in popular culture. And one of them is like this amorphous thing that can take the shape of anything, any living matter from mm. the film The Thing. And the other one's a hand. Makes no yeah. sense. It's really stupid. Well, to be fair, thing doesn't have a definite article. So that's, there is a slight difference between the two naming. But yes, you're right. See, now a weekend in Vegas ruined by The Thing... Excellent. Now we're talking, right? Yeah, now we're talking. And the speed with which, because they're on a, in the thing, they're sort of on like a, an icy outpost, right? In the middle of nowhere. If, you know, if they're in the middle of Vegas, that thing is getting around quick. Yeah, yeah. You would be, every corner, every croupier, you're What's in trouble. They They deal cards and stuff in casinos, don't they? Hmm, I call them Mr. Card I got, I, got offered a, I got offered a job as a croupier once in Portsmouth, but I didn't do it. <laughs> So you know, I made a good croupier. Were you walking down the street and they, you know, like when you get headhunted? No, I went, to, I went to a training. I went to a training day. What? It was like a. It was like the biggest group interview imaginable. There were about fifty of us, and we had to do like we had to do a lot of um, uh, speaking in the group and like a little presentation, and then we had to go and do our, uh, you know, to go and work at the tables and try our hands at dealing cards and stuff. Yeah, I got offered a job, but it was when I was going to uni and the hours were uh, night times because it was a 24-hour casino. <laughs> so mm. it was like working from midnight till 8 a.m. But I, I don't know. It could have been a, that could have been a whole other side of my life. I could have been a, you know, I could have been a world-class croupier. <laughs> it's not, I imagine you're probably thinking of the glitz and glamour of like a Casino Royale-style mm. casino. This was one that was in a shopping centre. <laughs> you know, there's like a chain of casinos, Grosvenor, I think they're Grosvenor, wow. um, that quite often are in like shopping malls and, stuff like that and it was one of those and it was open 24 hours a day and it smelt like a nightclub you know like a, have you ever been in a nightclub in daytime it's got that yes. weird smell of like they've tried to clean it but there's things you can never get rid of it was a bit like that joel and i have previously anyway. worked at events companies for the record like 
We don't, we don't just go to nightclubs in the daytime. <laughs> How are you, how's your shuffling? And I'm not talking about dancing. I, I, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day because I love a game of cards. And I'd, I actually, I'm worried, and I shouldn't let this out in, into the public so I can never get offered a croupier job again. I don't know if I'm very good at it. Aww. I don't know how to be good at it. Are you good at it? No. I think, it, I, think, I think it's one of those things where it's really, really easy to look like you're quite good at it, but then you just keep dealing the same cards that everyone had a minute ago because you haven't really mixed them up very well. <coughs> I don't really know how to be very good at it without bending the cards and ruining the cards. And Yeah, I'm a little bit embarrassed by it, to be honest, John. I think as as broadly speaking, no offence to the wonderful croupiers of the world, uh, as, as sort of broadly, generally useless skills go, being very good with cards is quite a cool one to have. Oh, it's cool, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Would you... But then, uh, hmm, you'd have to try and get cards into a lot of situations. I feel like... It is a very cool skill to have, but how often are you showing it off unless you're just sat on the training to work, shuffling cards on I like, your lunch break? So one of the X-Men, one that hasn't really been covered very much in films, there, there's been a, co- a version of him. And uh, Channing Tatum for ages was trying to get yeah. a film made of this. So Gambit. It's so weird. Uh, and his power is that he can make things, he can move things with his mind and like create energy fields around them, a pink energy field. But for some reason, just for flair, he basically only ever does it really with cards but he can do it with anything but for some reason yeah, I know. for flair he I, only does it with cards because he's in one of the movies right i in one of the early x-men movies i always yep. thought that it was just card based i didn't know about the energy thing until way later and i thought it was a really rubbish x-man <laughs> i thought he was just like chucking cards around like dynamo does it's so hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Rubbish. Yeah, what about... Am I doing one? Where are we? No, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? What about this one from Dan? Interesting fact about Dan is he pulls off colours that just aren't in fashion right now. Daisy Jones and the Big Hero 6. Good. Two things I've never seen, so you're really going to have to do the legwork (laughs) here, John. Big Hero 6, big Michelin man, pokey, fun, animation, DreamWorks guy. uh, Disney. And Daisy and the... Daisy and the Big Six? Daisy and the Big Six. Daisy Jones and the Big Six, which is basically... So it's a book that was really popular a few years ago that's recently been turned into an Amazon series. I have not seen it, but it's basically 
The shortcut to explaining it is it's basically like the Fleetwood Mac rumors story, but as a fictional ah. thing. So like a 70s rock band where they're all shagging each other and they're all in love with each other and they're all breaking up and making music at the same time. But in this, they're big inflatable <laughs> robots. Are all of them big inflatable robots? Yeah. See, I think, so I've seen, I have seen. Well, you think one of them just joins the band? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, an, uh, there's like a, your average kind of looking 70s rock band. One day they're like, they, they've been looking desperately for a new drummer. They can't find them anywhere. And one day one of the band's like, don't worry, guys. Found the perfect new drummer. And they turn up with a big Hero 6. And it, uh, it probably causes ructions, right? It probably causes ructions. You know, I would struggle with a, the introduction of a big Hero 6 into my band, I think. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, John. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen either thing. I don't know, what's, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything about Big Hero 6. I know who the fuck he is. I know he's a, a big floaty white guy. Everyone thinks he's really cute. It probably, it probably is sad at one point. Obviously. Um, but I can, really, I, can offer very, I can offer so little in this. It is a really good film that I'd recommend you watch, actually. I really enjoy Big Hero 6. He's called Baymax, and he's essentially like a, a robot nurse. And he is there to fix your ailments. And so he'd be good to have in the band when you're on tour. If anything goes wrong, you've overdosed. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's there to assist. I do think he's probably the drummer of all the options. I don't think his big inflatable arms are going to do much uh, damage to a guitar. <laughs> They're going to do more damage to him. So yeah, I definitely think... I like the idea of a 70s rock And they're all sort of just high enough that they don't really question the fact that there's like an inflatable nice. future robot yeah, yeah, as yeah. the drummer. But <laughs> I don't think... For, for brand safety and stuff, I don't think he can really be getting involved in the shagging and drugs and stuff. So he's sort of just... It's the same show exactly as is, but just in the background. The, there's Baymax just a Baymax wandering around in the background. <laughs> I, now I'm into that. Yeah, I'm very into go. that. Um, hey, should we do our own ideas? What do you think? Have you got another uh, one for me? Do I don't do have anything more for you, Joel. I'm sick of this. Hey, here's one from me. Shazam Ali. Yes. The f- <laughs> uh, I don't really know. It, uh, it's kind of, as far as it goes, it's the film Shazam, but it's all in French. And, you know, that's it. Or Amelie becomes a superhero with godlike powers, but still works in a bakery in Paris or whatever she does. Yeah, I could... I can see that it's sort of. Um, was Amelie a big deal for you, John, when you were you were young? <laughs> that kind of representation in the mainstream. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just not. That's what they say, isn't it? It's good to see yourself on screen. <laughs> Quirky French people. Uh, <laughs> so it's like a young Amelie, and she does. She says Shazam, and she turns into the adult Amelie. Yeah, I can see that French quirky thing. She's trying to fall in love, Joe. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. What's maybe happening? that's where. Maybe that's where. Where maybe the direction DC needs to go is that they need to not have American superheroes. Ooh, keep it international. I like that. Keep it international. There's a French one. There's definitely an Aussie, you know. Well, there's Captain Boomerang. Um, Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Which is really, like, they do it. They still what do What DC it. need to do is get as culturally insensitive as possible. <laughs> Every nation's stereotype. Go for the number one stereotype. Make them a superhero and let's run with it. Let's have a, a, a DCU that is all 200 nations on Earth. Do you think, yeah, do you think when the guys at DC were like coming up with Captain Boomerang, they're like, right, we've got Kangaroo Guy or we've got Captain Boomerang. <laughs> which, which, which one? Which one's the hero? Which one's the villain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the Kangaroo record, Captain Guy. For the record, I Captain go, Boomerang I is real. I would be there opening day at the cinema if DC, if James Gunn had said, Here's the new direction for DC. It's a guy that we've DC has never written a single word about and has never featured anywhere before. It's a brand new original creation. The first movie in the new attempt at making DC work is Kangaroo Guy out this summer. I'll be there. Day one. The 11 a.m. screening. Is he a normal guy with bouncy stilts or is he like a guy who got into some sort of radioactive 
He just carries around his young in a pouch. <laughs> <laughs> and he can kick quite hard. <laughs> Very and that's good. that's it. He leans back on his tail and he kicks. What about this one from me, Joel? Point break dance. An FBI agent goes undercover to catch a gang of dancers who might be bank robbers. Come on, imagine ro- doing the robot through the, the lasers. That's, the lasers. That's, that's immediately where my brain went as well. That's... Your ba- that, this whole film pitch is predicated on that scene, isn't it? Pretty much. So as a result, you'd make that scene 60 minutes long in the film. Pretty much. There's a bit, there's a bit of setup, there's a bit of resolution, and then the entire middle of the movie is him breakdancing through the world's longest laser corridor. I mean... And look, again, as soon as that screening of Kangaroo Guy's over, I'm there watching it. <laughs> oh, good stuff, John. If we had to pick a winner today, who would we pick? <laughs> Who's been your favourite? Uh, what did you have, Joe? I don't like any of the ones I brought. I... <laughs> No, that's what not fair. to complimenting everyone? Sorry, I love you all. Thank you so much for <laughs> uh, sending us We had ideas. Beverly Hills Cod. We had Jason Sudeiko. I think it's Beverly Hills kind of Cod. Jason, Jason Beverly Sudu- Hills Cod. Yeah, fine. We're, we started high and we got weaker and weaker as the moments went on. Well done, everyone. Here's some music. Well done, John. Did you have a nice time? Uh, I did actually, but, uh, you know, despite having a, a very stressful day, it's been a lovely little, lovely little respite. I, I was interlude. I was thinking with these compliments and stuff, I'd also like us to finish, say something nice at the end. Just like a nice little re- reminder to the listener that everything. Should I write right. an insult for every idea next week? <laughs> no. I don't, want nice, feeling, I don't want our listeners feeling too safe. I I want this podcast to be a net positive to the world. I want people to go, it makes me feel nice in the, mm, in the I inside. don't. I want people to feel terrible when, when they finish <laughs> listening. I want them to be quite sad. And, you know, not, not all of the insults will be physical, but I do want them to have a long, hard look in the mirror after the end of each episode. <clears throat> oh, now we're just turning into like the devil and angels on the shoulders. You're just there spitting on them whilst I say. No, let's be nice. We'll say a nice thing, John. What... Have you got any? Have you got any big updates for us about what you've been up to before we um, say a nice thing? Before we say it, Joel's having to warm himself up for saying a nice thing. It's really it's going to be interesting. Uh, I no, I don't have many updates. Um, we we said we would talk about the first episode of Succession, but I do feel by this point it's like a week and a half since the first one's come out. Um, but yes, it was good. Correct? Question mark. Great exclamation mark. <laughs> It might also be too soon to talk about the first episode. So maybe we should wait a little while and then we can talk more about the series. Okay. So yeah, that, the, not, not a hell of a lot more. I, I, I got, t- I got a whole tantalizing 10 minutes into that Tetris movie before my son woke up and I had to turn it off. So uh, it looked good for the first 10 minutes. Damn. You've had a, you've had a dramatic weekend, Joel, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I had, yeah, sort of. I went... <laughs> I went to see uh, a friend who lives in Bristol. Me and all the lads head down to Bristol. Uh, they were driving from Kent in a lovely car and I was getting the train from London and I hopped on a train at Paddington and it got to Reading where it stopped for a while and they said it's stopping for a little while because of signal problems and everyone was fine with it and there was no update for 20 minutes and then they said this train is now terminated and all trains going west were terminated because of flooding. I, John, I don't know why they didn't let us know there were floods when the train left London half an hour before that. That is wild. Because the floods, the floods would have been there. Uh, so there were no trains. I was in Reading, which isn't where I wanted to be. It's not because it's Reading. Sure, it's lovely. But that's just not where I was going. Uh, and then I ended up, John, after much panicking and 
uh, indecisiveness. Indecisiveness. I just threw money at the problem. I paid for a taxi that cost me uh, so much money. And I think about it. I have thought about it since maybe every five minutes and feel a bit sick. <clears throat> that was my big weekend. And the taxi didn't get you the whole way to Bristol, right? It just got you post past the flooding. It got me, yeah. It got me. It got me most of the way. Because a ta- but, yeah, taxi from Reading to Bristol. And then I had to arrange Ooh. a pickup. Take in, out. Take out. Uh, basically. I don't think anyone in history has spent as much money as I did getting to Swindon. (laughs) (laughs) I would be stunned. I would be absolutely stunned if somebody out there with receipts can show me how much it's ever cost them to get to Swindon. Unless you've chartered a private jet to Swindon, I am the only, I am the man in all of time to have spent the most money to get to Swindon. Uh, And that was my weekend. And it's fine. It's definitely fine. (laughs) Oh dear. So there we go. But hey, let's say a nice thing. This has been my favourite bit of my day. Ah. Oh, there you go. It's been my favourite bit of my day too, Joel. Uh, and listeners, yes. And listeners, I hope I, I hope you, it's in your top five. <laughs> yeah, your top five moments of the sort of last half an hour. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Right, have, well done. Have a lovely week. An- another one next time. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Send the guys a movie idea Tell your friends that you like the show Follow us on social media Then you'll be the best listener